This. This is, this is diversified, diversified, diversified game, game, game. game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, you know they say charity starts at home, and so when I find a young entrepreneur that is in my family, I have to bring them on, especially if they're doing business and setting up websites and say, hey, I want to, during this COVID time, not just sit at home, I want to actually create a business and, you know, even though I'm bored in Spanish class, I want to do a business. And that's what my cousin here, Shelby Wright, has done. She's created G's Vault, and she's going to tell us all about it. Welcome to the show, Shelby. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm doing great. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And I am doing great as well. I want you to tell people, you know, you were bored in Spanish class and did this idea just pop up or did your mom and dad, you know, have they been trying to push you into a business um, for a while? So I'd say it just popped up. Like I was in Spanish class. I was off task. I was not paying attention. I was just thinking, what can I do to make money? I'm too young to get a job. No one's going to hire me. I need to make some money. And at first I thought I should create a merch business. And it was first called Money Maker Studios, where I was just going to put one design on a whole bunch of t-shirts and this and that. And my friend was like, I don't think that will sell too well in this climate because, you know, it could go left or right and you don't really know. There's a lot of investments. So I was like, okay, why don't I just do custom clothing and then see what people want? And it started as G's Closet, but then that URL was taken. So I G's Vault was born. <laughs> uh, okay. And let people know, you mentioned your age and so... I can do some things in these interview, this interview that I wouldn't do at all at other interviews, like asking a young lady her age. But since you brought it up that you were too young, at what age did the business officially start? So 15. I just turned 16 this July. So it kind of started around the same time. But 15 because, you know, like a lot there a lot of businesses they hire at 16 and I was like I'm just too many months away for them to hire me so I was like let me just start this now and see where it goes because it could take off or it could not (laughs) definitely definitely and and you know you started it you had the idea then what was the first step was it creating getting the domain name was it creating the product was it you know blasting out you know uh, people you thought might want to buy what was the, the first step for you So the very first step for me was creating product and really like answering the question, what do I want to do with this idea? And the first thing I thought was, let me just get some t-shirts and see what I can do. I'm usually good at creating like designs off the top of my head, but sometimes that doesn't translate with like my target audience. So I'm like, let me just focus on this one idea and execute it. Now I'd say just starting with that wasn't a good idea because I put a lot of money into something where that could have gone to other things. Like I didn't get my website until after I had done a lot of like processing and this and that. And I didn't have prices together. I had no profit margin and I was just doing this stuff to make money. And I was like, let me just stop for a minute, 
figure some things out and then execute a plan. So it was a, it was very cloudy from the start, but I'm glad things are clear now. Oh, well, I'm, I'm glad they're clear too. Cause when I saw, you know, the, the website, I said, let me look at it. Then I said, oh, look at who her partners is, a high tech security firm. And then I looked at your website and I said, of course it's secure. And it has the uh, SSL, which most folks, especially your age, would not have paid the extra money for the security, but it's kind of a given, given that your um, you know, partners on your website are you know, G17, 14, and every other way classified in security. So I just wanted to know what the first steps, because folks, if you don't know, my, my cousins, they, I mean, entrepreneurship and just being able to do things and Shelby's life, she goes to a swanky, not going to tell you the name, high school, where, you know, if you see the, the Bushes, grandkids, grandkids are the Bidens. I mean, she's there. So I want to know, like, was the entrepreneurship more pushed through your parents or maybe through school? Because you might have an entrepreneurship class that, you know, most people wouldn't even have the option of going to. So I would say it was more pushed through my parents, but not in that kind of way, because both of my parents have will have or have had their own business. And I feel like let me just carry this torch because I know I can do it. I can find something I love. And it's very similar to what they do because they're both engineers. I call myself a fashion engineer, if you would. And at my school, we actually have a club called the Young Entrepreneurs Club that we go through like business marketing. We go through business analytics, just really understanding the root of how to create your own business and it be successful almost like guaranteed. And I love it so much because it's not every school has that. And it's a lot of like people, like one of my friends, they keep asking like, oh, like you have all this cool stuff. Like, how do you get it? And I'm just like, we just, we just do it at my school. They're like, the administrators are very open to us creating new ideas and adding new things to sometimes our even curriculum. Like we're allowed to have say in that. And I feel like that's a huge issue with some like schools. They don't let their like, students do a lot of stuff so I'd say both my school and my parents have really pushed me to be like and have my own business and you know there are a lot of college even professors who in this COVID time especially they're done they're burnt out because they don't have the same connection and so that your school had that and that's a beautiful class that every school should have um you know did you think they really like were you able to create a business inside of the class where you could learn steps A through Z? Or is it more like book work? This is how it's done. Or we want you to actually create something and not just talk about it. So I would say it's kind of neither. So what we do, so it's kind of, it's just a club really. So they only have that as an elective. So since it's student led, what we do is we just go, some days we go through, like, here are some marketing tips, here's an article about how to, like, give to your target audience, and some days we actually look at, bit, like, big, 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 big businesses versus small businesses and see the difference in how they, like, like market things and put things on sale and investments and all that kind of stuff. So we kind of 
do a lot of breaking down to see how we can be as big as some of these corporations, especially because a lot of us in the club are African-American or people of color. And I think it's very important that we have that kind of representation, especially in the corporate world where it's very white male dominated. Yeah, definitely is. And, you know, I'm so happy during this COVID time, I've seen businesses pop up, you know, folks just using cooking skills and different things to say, look, I might've lost my job, but I still got bills and, and food. Now you don't necessarily have bills you have to pay, but you've been hustling, you know, for a while. I mean, you've been, you know, dabbling with, you know, hey, will you invest in this? Will you, you know, will you uh, buy, buy this to support me? And so that part, it's second nature. And I mean, I, I have my two girls, London and Sydney, doing similar things because I don't, if our grandmother ran businesses way, way back in the day, right, we should definitely be able to have a business um, because she had everything from ice cream shop to daycare. I remember being in her daycare at one point. So I remember actually having that experience and you're like, your grandmother owns this and you're too young to re fully realize. Um, but with the creation of the business, what are ways like, what are your goals for making money? Because you don't have to make money, but you want to make money. And so do you say, hey, I want to make, you know, $1,000 or $10,000? Or do you just kind of, you know, throw it in the wind and see where it goes? I honestly, I just throw it in the wind because I, I am a new business owner and I obviously don't know every single aspect about, you know, pricing and all that. So I kind of just throw it up, see where it like takes off. I know one of my shirts, the Good Trouble shirt, it was a quote from the uh, late John Lewis. A lot of people loved that one. So I sold a lot of those. So I have that, like, you know, the ready-made stack. So if you want to get that right away, you can. But then there are some designs, like I did a Chanel perfume bottle. And it's like, well, they didn't really like that. So it's on the clearance rack, but it's still up for sale. So I just kind of see where it takes me. Um, I can see farther along the line if I have a lot more customers and I have like a, a bigger base of people to like see where my designs can go. And it'll be probably different. But for the time being, I don't really have a like money goal. I just want to make sure that I can start paying for my own things like driving school or I have a strange obsession with designer clothing and I would like a lot of it. So I need to be able to pay for that for myself. So, yeah. Okay, well, hold on. We got to get into this designer clothing because you're a clothing company. So instead of investing into their brand, why not take that money and invest it in yours? Even if it's, um, what's that overweight guy in fashion? He always wears like the moo-moos. He's like three or 400 pounds, black guy. I can't remember. Okay, he, and I can't think of his name, um, but he's very well known. And, but he could put on the same thing every day if he wanted to. But, you know, he's pretty much wearing what it looks like. It's his own design, even though he's working for the big designers. But have you thought about that? Just because I think fashion is a great thing. But my whole closet is custom made, right? Even this. I'm Daddy Dolphin. This is <laughs> my stuff that I'm making and whether I'm using a dropship method or I'm going to Africa to get stuff, you know, bespoke, done for me, um, 
you know, have you thought about that part of it with your obsession? Because we're going to kill that obsession right now. So I have, and I'd say my obsession is more with analyzing like runways from the nineties and eighties and how they compare to like the two thousand. And I would like to fill my closet with a lot, like my own clothes, but like, it's very expensive to do that. And which is the reason why I'm trying to get a, like, like find like financially, why am I trying to say that? Financially support myself. And I would say that is a huge um, aspect of it is having my own stuff, like from down to the t-shirt, because I've gotten that question before where people would ask me, oh, well, do you make the t-shirts too? I'm like, not at the time being, but that is a plan for the future. Having my own cotton blend, spandex blends so I can fit all shapes and sizes. And that's one of the huge things. And one of my also, one of, like one of my also kind of designer obsessions is with high fashion black owned brands. Like I cannot remember the name of the company, but they make handbags from leather and materials like straight from Africa and the bags look so great. And I'd rather have one of those than like a Birkin or whatever. So I'd say I do have an obsession with buying designer clothing, but like I make sure that it's black owned first. Okay. Because okay. even with your, you know, t-shirts, there's ways. Because do you sew? Um, a little bit. I'm still learning so that that stuff can actually be neat. Because if I try and sew something, it'll look nice. When you look up close, it's like threads coming off. <laughs> okay. I, I promise that every woman in the family can sew at least a, a little bit. I mean, I got a sewing machine here for the, the ladies to get busy because they got to keep that tradition going. But you can take a t-shirt, make it a dress, make it a, you know, overalls. You can do so much with it where that's how, you know, folks stand out. And that's where you get, you know, some celebrity to wear your stuff. And now everybody wants to wear it because maybe it looked as crazy as Kanye West now, but then a day later, oh, everybody wants to copy it. And it's like, okay, that was genius. How did you take the t-shirt and make it overalls and a dress and you know whatever else and it connected to the socks and the shoes and no one's ever done that before so that's um that, that's an awesome thing so you're really having fun with your business and what are you know where do you see expanding it to do you see it just being in america or you mention africa once you mention africa it's all over can you see yourself sending it off to africa and doing business over there. Yes, because although I am starting with t-shirts right now, I eventually want to get into high fashion and like doing my own like actual designs, like the from head to toe, uh, Shelby, did Shelby Wright designed this. And that's like one of my lifelong dreams. And I really wanted to really highlight Africa and like South America and a lot places where people of color are from because especially in America, we are underrepresented in everything from like the media to the Barbie dolls. And I just really want to bring that out. And I'd like one of my huge goals is I just want to have a storefront. And I like almost every time I go to the mall and I see an empty space, I think, what geez, wall could be right there. And it's going to be right there. Just give me, just give me a couple of years. It's gonna be right there. So 
I have such high hopes for this brand and I really hope that I can get it to go far. And I'm trying to keep myself motivated because obviously as a business owner, we all have those times where it's like, I just want to quit. This is not working, nothing's selling, but I just need to keep my head in the game. Now you talk about, you know, stores inside of malls. For a second there with COVID, we were like, are malls even going to make it? And then it's going to allow a shift for everybody who's online to, you know, be highlighted more. But I mean, malls, that's a great, great goal um, to have a storefront or even a mobile pop-up shop type thing where you can go wherever you want to go if you don't want to be tied down. What do you think, you know, what will have you more excited? Having a storefront or having your own design firm? Because I'm trying to see where, you know, you really see the majority of your talent in your day, almost like if you were doing it for free, how people always say, if you, you know, do something you love, you never work a day in your life. Like, which one do you want more? Because would you rather design for Chanel, Louis Vuitton, and all these places? You're creating the design. They're coming through you. Or would you rather having designing it and then just putting it in your own storefront? Like, I'm just trying to gauge what type of entrepreneur you want to be. So I'd rather design the stuff myself and have it in my own storefront because I feel like it's important that I'm the face of the brand and you know it's coming from me, a person of color, a black woman. And I always think to myself, if I had a fashion show, what would it look like? And it's important that at the end of the fashion show, I'm walking the runway because you know that this is my design. And I just really want that to be evident because I know there are other girls out there, especially little girls, little black girls that want to be like fashion designers and do all this stuff. And all they see is like white men, white women at the top of these chains. Mm. And it's like, well, I think that black women should be up there too. So that's why I think it's important that I produce my own designs for my own storefront so I, I can be the face of it. No, that, that's good. And I think, you know, we are, we set fashion. I mean, we set up the trends. Unfortunately, we're buying other people's designs. And I know somebody's going to be out there. But see, I buy Gucci, so Dapper Dan designs my stuff, but Dapper Dan doesn't own, you know, we're talking about ownership right now. And I don't know, he could have all the stock that we don't know about, but the ownership and not just, we don't need their validation is how I look at it. Um, now, I know with school and everything, you haven't been able to travel yet, let's say to Africa, but... When you go there, and I'm going to say when, um, could you see yourself getting the clothes made there and kind of blending in what you have and what the African fashion, does the African fashion, you know, does any of it excite you? So, yes, I am obsessed with like, I don't want to say travel patterns, but that's the best way I can put it. Like, tribal patterns and just the geometric shapes of it and I I know there's like there's a store in the mall down the street that's like sells that kind of stuff but I'm like oh, this is not real kente like you can feel there it's very synthetic it's not real and it's almost it almost never is here because all they want to do is profit from it. so I'm like if, if I go to Africa I just need to feel some real kente cloth because I don't know what it feels like 
And I, I, I really need to just immerse myself in the design process and just like the culture of it so I can really get a feel of how it looks, how it feels and how I can add my own touch to it. So that when you see a G's vault pattern, you know that that came from Africa and it's by Shelby. So <laughs> that's one of my main goals. And, you know, not only Africa, but I also want to travel to places like, like Italy and London. Like, you know, also, I mean, I've been to New York, but not like, I haven't like immersed myself in the fashion, but like fashion capitals of the world. So I can get a feel of how to like present myself in the fashion industry. Like, you know, of course, fashion has a lot to do with the clothes, but it also has to do with how you present yourself, how confident you are in it, you know, what models to choose. It's, it's a lot of aspects to it. And you can't really get that from one place. So I'd say traveling to different parts of the world is one of my huge goals. And I was supposed to do that this year, but Ms. COVID wanted to get in the way. So we have to postpone that. Yes, COVID is doing its thing. Um, and, you know, it, it stopped you from going back to school, um, you know, and, and living on campus at, at your high school. With your high school, you know, and I'm going to pump up the high school a little bit much um, more. You're going to school with people who, you know, their fathers and mothers might be in fashion. Have you used any of those connections or said, hey, so-and-so, wear my clothing and let me snap a picture so everybody can kind of see? Even though they may not be famous, but now you have something kind of in the vault where, you know, five years from now, you can say, hey, JFK's son, who now is the, you know, congressperson or whatnot, was wearing my clothing. Has, you know, have you thought about that? So I definitely did think about that. And it was, I was totally going to do that. But of course, I didn't really come up with the idea until after school had shut down. And I couldn't really get in touch with a lot of my friends whose parents are in that industry. So I'm still working on that now that things are opening back up and people are allowing like meetings, I guess. So that definitely works. But what I can say is I have sent clothing to my family members that don't live in Maryland or like the DMV at all, so that if they're gonna wear it, they can wear it in a different climate. Well, not climate, but like to a different audience of people. So they, like, it's not something new to, well, it is something new to them. So like, for example, I sent a shirt to my aunt Kim and she lives in Texas. And I got like, I got a couple orders from Texas because she's like, she's also a very social person. So when she meets someone, she's like, oh yes, this shirt is from my, my little niece, G, G, Shelby Javon. She made this and it looks so pretty. You need to go buy my brand. Like, Here's your business card. And it's, um, I know how to market to those people because I know that like it, whatever it may be, I know that they'll support me, especially with my dad, since he's like getting new employees on. It's like, here, let me, let me make some some swag for y'all so you can get those employees. Now you have, you know, Cyberlogic shirts and all this, and now it's swagged out, and then they can tell their family and they tell their friends. And it's, it's really all in, like, just talking to yourself and knowing who can really market your business when you can, so. Okay, and I can already hear, um, you know, some family members seeing this, just watching the Diversified game for the first time and saying, I didn't get anything. And you know what? You're just watching this for the first time and I've been doing this. So, you know, it's, it, 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 it's all good. You got hundreds and hundreds of cousins. So 
I'm, I'm glad that we can, um, you know, put this out there, even just for the family market. But what you'll find in entrepreneurship, family and close friends won't even be your biggest supporters, you know, when you make it. They're, they're not even going to get it until after they see you doing interviews or, you know, reading about you in whatever a magazine is now. Because most people are going to be like, a magazine? I haven't seen that in six months. But... Um, what type of entrepreneur vibe do you want to have? And let me explain. Kanye West has a vibe. Andre 3000 has a vibe. Now, before they were, you know, mega stars, they were a little different. Um, even myself, after I cash um, my next check, I'm going to just be wearing this mask on <laughs> and wherever I go. And people can only talk to me through this mask. And some of the time I'm only going to be underwater when you can talk to me because I no longer talk to uh, land, you know, givers. What type of entrepreneur do you want to be, um, you know, coming up? Do you want to have a certain type of swag where people just know, okay, that's Shelby. She doesn't smoke, but she has a cigarette holder and the cigarette's always lit. And she's just on her, you know, she's in her bubble. Like, how do you vision yourself? So I see myself as an entrepreneur, very in touch with like people on the internet. Because knowing me, I grew up with like, you know, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, all that. So I definitely be like posting memes, like G's bought memes, like when I haven't gotten my package yet, all that kind of stuff. So and I, I feel like I'd be the person that really listened to like my customers and see what they want. They're feeling something, you know. But I am kind of goofy, so I'm like a prankster. I love to crack jokes. So I feel like you would know it's me when I'm just not being serious at all. Like I could be at Fashion Week over here in a rubber ducky with my hand on my head, whatever, just being goofy, just taking the seriousness out of like a situation. Because to me, Fashion Week has always looked so serious. And I'm like, why don't you have fun? It's a party. Come on, let's go. So I feel like with my vibe of entrepreneurship, it's very like, like fun and bubbly. And it's like, you can't be serious around here. So. Okay. A lot of those folks are mad because what they had to do to get there and the stress they, you know, the years they had to put in, in fashion, I have had some team members who've done New York's Fashion Week, and it's such a thing where you're hot this year, and then next year, you can't even get on stage, and you're like, hold on, I just killed it, but a lot of that is in relationships, or how you carry yourself, or what you offer, and it's like entertainment. It's not guaranteed, so while you're in the moment, enjoy the moment, like you said, but so many people are, are bitter. And, and that's where, you know, the, your youthfulness will come into play. Besides, um, you know, shirts, do you see yourself doing dresses, gloves, hats, or do you want to just kind of have a certain niche? So I actually do have a couple more uh, products out now other than shirts. I also do jeans and book bags now. So is it okay if I show some of my design? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so this is one of my pair of jeans I have here where they're just some regular old like boot cut jeans, 
but I painted the Louis Vuitton logo on it because that was trending this year. And I made this belt and I added it on. And these are my pants, but I always put them on display because people like them and like to order them. And these were a huge hit at my last pop-up. Um, but I also do book bags. So I have this one, this is my sports bag since I do run track. And I did the Barbie logo, but I gave her an Afro because black power. <laughs> and then I drew the vintage Barbie logo, but it says black on the side. And um, actually at one of my shops, um, a mother came up and was like, I really love this bag. You think you would do it smaller for my little girl? I'm like, sure, of course. And I did it and she sent me a picture of the little girl wearing her book bag on her first day of virtual school. She was like, she loves it and thank you so much. And I'm like, that's like the biggest thing to me is seeing customers be like so happy and heartfelt from my design. So yeah. <laughs> now they can go to the website and they can see the prices. I don't wanna say prices necessarily because prices can change. Um, but when you know, you're talking about you know, custom artwork, you could literally sell that stuff for thousands of dollars saying, I'm an artist. And this is how I, you know, gauge my art. And I've seen, you know, roaches on nooses in art. And the price tag was priceless. You know, it was, it was no price tag. That's how much it was. Because they took these individually cockroaches, put nooses around their neck. And the price was just, it was priceless. And so how do you price your art and how long does it take you to make something like those jeans or that backpack? So I'd say I'm not one of those people to price myself up super duper high just because it's me and it's my art. Cause I feel like, I mean, I am a new business owner so I can't ask too much because then no one's gonna buy it. But I'd say it kind of depends on the item and the artwork done to it. Like the Louis Vuitton pants, that took me like two hours and the jeans are thrifted. So that's priced at about like $45 just because it took a lot of paint and it took a lot of drying and waiting. And the ends on the jeans are actually unhemmed and ripped. So it took some alterations and of course making the belt. So I have to take those things into account, but then I also don't want to price it too high. Then I have to make a profit. So there's a lot of stuff that goes into that, but I try not to make it too high. But things like the book bag, Okay, the book bag costed a little more than I expected to pay for. And I had to use different mediums so that the paint would wash off in the rain or if it can't get scuffed. So of course the book bag is more expensive because it takes different materials and there's a lot of aspects to it, but I try not to price myself too high because especially where I'm from, people aren't gonna buy something that's so expensive just because it's a black girl. Like I live in a community where almost there's way too like I won't say way too many but it's a lot of black-owned businesses and people will think if I can't get it here I'll just get it from somewhere else so don't think you're too special but I try and make sure I know who I'm presenting to and like where my prices are going so yeah well there's a trick in that too because it's how you see yourself as an artist but if the paint you talk about is expensive if you're using a higher quality of paint than um, what competitors might use. And then at the end, while the paint, you know, you're about to dry it and you sprinkle some gold 
flakes in there and say, actually, I'm also going to put some dirt from Uganda and Malawi, making this Wakanda dirt. And, and you didn't even know it was dirt, but I've sprinkled it in. And now that's, you know, it took me so much to make. And that's how artists then say, yes, I need $10,000 for that. Um, not the, you know, whatever you thought it was going to be. So there's tricks in the trade. Um, but um, I, I just, I love it. I love it. Now, with the success that you're having and the success you're going to have, what is a community give back that you are doing or that you want to do in the future? So one of the biggest things that I do and I love doing is every summer, there is this program called the Summer Youth Employment Program in PG County, where basically um, the county hires a whole bunch of teens to do community work. So in 2019, I went to, oh, well, I was stationed to my local middle school and we renovated it. So a lot of the classrooms like run down, there was holes in the walls, so we fixed that up. We fixed up the outside, we planted new trees, we had to mow the lawn, we had to do all that kind of stuff. And just getting feedback from the administrators and some of the students when they went back to school the next year, they're like, oh my gosh, it's so clean in here. It's better than we left it. And, you know, I was like, I mean, I was, I mean, I'm not saying what's gonna do, but like, it was very heartwarming to like feel the love from the students, especially because like, I, I like we at the camp, we didn't think that they were gonna even notice, but they're like, wow, it's just, it's so clean here. It's a lot fresher, it smells good. And this year, so this past summer, it was a bit different because of COVID. So our jobs were a little bit like altered. So what we did this year is at my local church, Ebenezer AME in Fort Washington, we had a food drive, so we had perishable and non-perishable food items, and we gave them to families that would drive up, and they open their trunk, we give it, they drive off, and, you know, it was a, I liked it because it was a no questions asked thing, so if, if it was one person in the car and asked for five boxes, give them five boxes, we don't got to ask any questions, so, and because we had enough food donated from, like, corporations to just give them everything that they need, and it was very nice to see people. And some of my like friends' family, some of my family showed up and was like, hey, Shelby, how you doing? I'm so glad you're doing this for the community. And it's just really heartwarming to do. And it's very, it's very nice to feel. I actually had to do that on my birthday. And I was like, okay, I'd rather do this every year because this felt really good. So yeah, that's one of the biggest ways to give back to my community, especially because um, in PG County, our funding is not like distributed evenly because like my local high school gun park they have a lot of issues with um teachers and students and like the facility is not looking the best like but then they'll go and do another home residency right across the street and it's like but they still don't have this so it's it's very important that we do a lot of work in the community because our funds are not being distributed properly Awesome. Awesome. That, that's good to hear. Now, I did not see um, yet that you have used like YouTube as a way to promote your products. Like, I mean, that, this is a, you know, I, I represent YouTubers. So I'm thinking this is a whole thing of this is how I start. Let me show other young entrepreneurs and maybe old how I even did this, how I work. 
putting a camera on you while you're creating where you can mute it and just play music, right? Possibly you do music as well because you have a music in your blood and you, you have a grandmother who could come and you could say, give me some music. <laughs> and, you know, um, but yeah, do you um, at all, do you at all like plan to use YouTube or TikTok to promote your product? So I do plan on it. The only issue I have is my equipment is like not good. I use my phone to record. And when I do, it's like it, the quality is not good. It's like if I'm going to produce something, I want to do it well. And, you know, my workstation, it's not the best for recording because the lighting is just off and I don't have all this. But I, I really do plan to because I've been like doing YouTube for like a while, like just making vlogs with my friends and stuff and editing. So I could do it if I want to. And I really plan to. I just want to make sure it's high quality. Now, as far as TikTok, I do have a TikTok account. It's GS Vault. So it's just G's Vault. No spaces, underlines, all that. And I post some of my upcycling on there. So when I go get something from the thrift store, I just fix it up and I put it on TikTok and it's gets feedback gets likes and comments so i'd say that's that's probably what i'm like well how i'm gonna get into youtube more okay okay it, it's coming it's coming I, i'm thinking if i was you how i'd be you know creating and then i'd be creating in the uh the movie theater uh room and really stunting and showing people like oh yeah um, I'm, I'm creating and then they already, you know, say she's already rich. So people must be buying and, you know, <laughs> you know de dealing with, you know, having parents that have businesses and grandparents and great grandparents, as I had mentioned, you know, what do you ever feel like so overwhelmed or get a, a feel of I'm doing this business but maybe I have, I'm like an imposter. They call it imposter syndrome with entrepreneurs, where, especially with consultants and artists, where it's like, am I really as good as I think I am? Or has I just been kind of born into something? Or did I just get lucky? Like, do you ever get any of those feelings? And if so, how do you deal with them? Um, I do get those feelings sometimes because like I have to be late at night thinking, what if I'm not as like as successful as my parents? Because like my dad, he's built his whole life on an idea and look at where it's got us. So I'm just constantly thinking of like how I combat that is I just think of ways to improve, ways to set myself apart in ways that to make me unique. And one of the biggest things that I did to really set myself apart was my name. Because like G's Vault, when you think of it, you're like, hmm, what is that? And you want to click on it, you want to see it. Like, and a lot of my peers, like other black women that have business around here is like the name is like, oh, um, lashes by so-and-so or lip gloss by so-and-so. And you kind of know what that is before you get into it. And, you know, it's worth checking out, but it's nothing new. But with G's Vault, you really don't know what you're getting until you look at the page and the website. And even I have the fun stuff tab, which is, you know, my kindred spirit coming through but the fun stuff tab where we have games and this and that you can browse you can browse some of my artwork since I I do like to draw in my free time so I'd say what what really like helps me get through my imposter syndrome is just remembering why I started 
this business and it is to inspire little girls that they can do whatever they want. They don't have to do like, you don't have to be a secretary or a nurse or like the second hand man or whatever. So that's one of my biggest, my biggest things. Wow, when you said that, I'm thinking there's a tag, there could be a tag of you speaking and maybe it's this interview, but I'm also seeing you speaking to a crowd in the future when things open up and, you know, having that be a component to say, you know, let me, um, like a course almost, like a mentoring course, and that everybody can sign up, you go through the course, and if you need that one-on-one -on -one time, now that's the second tier of now you're paying me for my personal time, which, you know, when you think about kids, what kids can pay, but there are kids. I interviewed a few weeks ago a 13-year-old millionaire right here on this platform who made a million dollars plus in stocks and also there's you know government local government grants that they are looking for people young and older to find and mentor people and i've been a part of some of those things so you know when you look at how you want to make money my hashtag is monetize your life period that's and that's it if you can do that whatever you do make money at it it's like, okay, I'm like your dad. I'm, I've created my own kind of world, my own bubble and whatever I want to do. So that's a, a beautiful thing, whatnot. Um, with that, I don't want to give the people a game overload. I want them to go to your website. I want them to follow you on everything that's business related because folks remember she's 16. So you can stay out of the DMs unless you have a business question. Actually, you can hit me in the DMs and I'll get it to her. It'll go through a vetting thing. Um, but um, yeah, let the people know where they can find you and also anything that maybe I would have left off that you want to leave the people. Okay, so my website is gsvault, G-S-V-A-U-L-T dot squarespace, S-Q-U-A-R-E-S-P-A-C-E dot com. Um, it's also in the link of my Instagram, which is gs.vault. Um, my Facebook is just G's Vault, so G apostrophe S V A U L T. And that's all I have for media coverage. I'd say we have a sale going on right now $5 off everything and free shipping on orders over $40 with the code FREESHIP40. And Awesome. Awesome. Well, you guys have gotten the game. She's already started. She's sustaining and she's succeeding in her business with much more success to come in Jesus Christ's name. You guys make sure you like, share, subscribe. Game over. Bye. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.